everybody. My name is Matt Pascucci, Senior Cybersecurity Practice Manager at CCSI, and this is CCSI's Got Tech Podcast. This episode is going to be video and search security with guest speaker Craig Statler. Hey, Craig, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Matt? I'm doing well. So Craig is owner and CTO over at PDVid. Um, we've been working with Craig over the past couple of weeks. We got to know each other and he has some interesting solutions regarding security and, and video. And I'm going to let him introduce himself a little bit more just to go over, you know, some of the problems he's trying to solve, some of the problems his company's trying to solve and areas that we as you know, individuals can benefit from. So Pete, why don't you give a little bit of background on yourself? What got you started in this area and what problems you're trying to solve today? Sure. So I'll give you the kind of the, the long story short. And I've been a coder for the better part of, I guess, about 40 years now. I started when I was about 10 years old. And uh, the past 10 or 15 years, I want to say, I've been involved in uh, search engine architecture. And what that means is there's a search engine that's out there, uh, e-commerce search engine, any of those types of things. You know, they need to be able to work correctly for the consumer to be able to find what they need or that kind of thing when they type things in the search box. So I'm the guy that behind the scenes makes sure that things look correct mm -hmm. when uh, they get back to the end user. Now, more, more recently, I guess I would say in the past year and a half, um, I was looking for a new project. To, uh, to kind of work on on the side. And I was doing research into closed captioning uh, in video, trying to find out uh, who offered closed captioning, if there was any search engines that provided for, you know, uh, the people that needed that service to be able to access video that way. And what I found was, um, you know, there was obviously an overwhelming amount of video out there from YouTube, which is all well and good. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows YouTube at this point. But what I did find was a discrepancy of my experience finding video outside of YouTube. And people may say, well, why do you need to find things outside of YouTube? Well, given the, <laughs> the, the diversity of everything that's out there and the size of the internet and the web and that kind of thing, um, through the years I found, uh, there was always a, a great amount of uh, resources to be able to find things, uh, whether it was different search engines, different verticals, all that kind of stuff. So the research that I did was like, who's still alive other than uh, YouTube? You know, or any of these old guys that I knew about with like Vimeo and Daily Motion and hmm. the Cafe and you know, all these things that people may not know necessarily so much about anymore, but they still are. So in doing that research, uh, the, the goal that I had at that point in time was to provide visibility to as many uh, video hosts as I could so that when someone used the search engine that I was designing, they'd be able to find a lot of resources that maybe weren't on YouTube kind hmm. of thing. Um, because all the video search engines I tried, whether they were Google Video or Bing or DuckDuckGo or pretty much everywhere, uh, you know, easily 98 percentile was all YouTube kind of thing, um, which is all well, well, yeah, all well and good. And I think that that's a great thing. But giving people the option of something other than that was my goal. Yeah. So does your platform that you have here, does it exclude YouTube or are these areas that you're saying we're going to be the we're looking for the alternative solution out there looking for other sources besides YouTube, or does it also pull in YouTube? Well, it does have some YouTube content, but it's very, very selective about how that works. Um, one of the things that I realized in doing the research was um, if too much YouTube content ended up being in the search engine, it ended up being a numbers game at that point. And I like to give this comparison in that, uh, obviously, with the proliferation of, of YouTube video that's out there, it's just tremendous the amount of content, which, again, is great. Uh, not not knocking them, but if you have a huge mm -hmm. bag of a million pennies and there's say, you know, a thousand dimes in it, if you reach into that bag, you're probably going to get mostly pennies. 
right? <laughs> so we had to we had to kind of with that goal in mind of giving high visibility to non-YouTube content, we had to make some algorithmic decisions about what content to include from YouTube and what not to. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to exclude them entirely, um, that kind of thing. So that was pretty much the goal. Our, our initial goal was like, you know what, let's get like maybe 10 systems in here, maybe 10 million videos or so. Um, and that was the goal for year one. Um, now we're at a year and about eight months, and we have over 530 million videos and mm. 70 resources besides YouTube. And most people wouldn't even realize there are 70 places to get, you know, videos from other than YouTube. That's we, found, we found them, yeah. Now, are these, are these sources that you're speaking about, are these all um, open to the public? Are they, you know, is there international way of looking at things, being like, hey, I searched something, you know, I'm from, uh, I'm from Europe and, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm from Sweden. Now, is there a way to look at, you know, Swedish resources or how does that work from, from that aspect, from like the geographic aspect of things? Right. So the first part of your question, um, we handpick the sources. And what that would be is mm -hmm. maybe there's a YouTube counterpart uh, that's not owned by Google. That's a competitor of theirs in, say, Iran. All right. There's another YouTube competitor that's in uh, Russia, those types of things. And that is what we ended up finding. Quite a few of these, and not only that, there were social media competitors. There's one called VK in Russia that's competing with Facebook, that's rather large, and they have videos sure. there. Um, so, and a lot of people, you know, we all know that there's videos on Facebook and on Twitter and uh, Instagram and TikTok and all that kind of thing. The goal really was to bring all those together into one place, um, and and again highlight those resources other than YouTube, which we already know mm -hmm. where to get those kind of thing. And then the second sure. part of your question, um, as far as regional content. The uh, search engine is completely multilingual. And so if you were to type in a query in, say, Farsi or in German or in French or that kind of thing, you would get results back in that language. Mm -hmm. so, it, so it is sensitive toward that, that we do you know, index all this content kind of put together. And it, it's sensitive toward whatever your query is. So if your query happens to be in English, you'll get English content back, even if it exists in a region that's not um, uh, English-based highly. What we found, interestingly enough, was in doing a research, say, off of VK, which is a Russian-based Facebook competitor, they had a lot of videos there that were in English. The titles were in English, the content was English. So a lot of these providers in different regions, whether it's, like I said, Iran or Japan or uh, Russia, they actually have content that's in English. And that was really great for us because the more, you know, the more that we can actually fulfill that mission of giving people that diverse content, regardless of where it exists, was really the goal, so. Very interesting. So from that standpoint, I guess the next question, so what are the differences then between, we're bringing up Google a lot. So right. what are the differences between you as PDVid as a video search engine and Google's video search? So what we found in doing our research was, is and it's, it seems like, this is just my opinion from uh, research, but it seems like in the early days um, when Google was, had acquired YouTube, obviously, this is quite a while ago, um, and yeah. was developing their own video search engine, they had a high focus on basically targeting uh, video data and, and pages with video from anywhere that they could, okay? mm -hmm. um, which is an interesting idea. Um, and then as YouTube got bigger, that became more of their focus in providing those as results. Now you can still go to you know, the Google video search and type in topics such as you know, President Trump or something political or whatever kind of thing that's very current coronavirus in the news. And you'll get articles from say like the, uh, videos 
from the New York Times and things like that, but largely it's toward YouTube and that's their product and that completely makes sense. Now, Vivid, on the other hand, doesn't just take uh, an index of videos on any page. We've handpicked these platforms, which means we've relied on the platforms to uh, uh, kind of house this information, whether it's Twitter or uh, Facebook or TikTok or those kinds of things, they all uniquely have their own kinds of content and kinds of videos. So we feel that like taking those uh, video sources and putting them all together in one place and having that kind of limited um, has a very, very different kind of search experience as opposed to uh, YouTube and just kind of anything that's out there on the web. Hmm. Now, I mean, essentially, if you look at Google's you know, business model, when they bought YouTube, they were doing it because they wanted advertising dollars. Like that's kind of how they're in for it. So if sure. you, and this is just me, you know, kind of going about it. So I'm interested in your opinion on this, but if you have someone like Google and you have them now who are controlling, you know, essentially YouTube and having advertising dollars based off of that, they can in some way, shape or form, determine what videos they should show you based off of your search results. Right, so I want to go out there and say like deep sea fishing. I'm going to go on YouTube and find that. You know, Google has essentially the ability to understand based off past experiences, they, you know, things that they've learned about me through Google searches or anything like that to kind of guide and, and push things towards a certain way on what I might assume, uh, what they might assume that I want to see from that that perspective. So how do you, how does that change with you guys? What security do you have built in? Because did a lot of reading on it and you seem to be more privacy focused so what are some of the you know the differentiators between you and google from that aspect sure so the algorithm that you're talking about essentially and, and for the most part uh, is in not just the search results but in relation to related videos and that kind of thing and we've heard mm -hmm. many times that you know part of the reason that youtube has been so successful and, and done so well monetarily as well is to make the site really sticky and engaging and keep people there and keep it, people watching the next video and the next one that's related and all that kind of thing. All of these are based on uh, highly uh, concentrated like user activity algorithms uh, as opposed to just keyword related uh, searching. Now, you know, in the old days, so to speak, everything was based off of strictly just keywords. Does it have this word in the title? Does it have this word in the mm -hmm. description? How many times does it appear? You know, really basic things like that. But I think as time went on and companies realized that they could use either machine learning or other types of algorithms to track user behavior, whether it's a single user, so that when they come back again, you show them, you know, the right kind of videos on that homepage uh, or relational videos. Um, but it's all highly uh, based on collecting user data and then watching the, uh, the activity and the behavior of the user and then uh, customizing their experience according to that um, and obviously there's a you know, monetary gain involved with keeping people on the site and keeping them happy and that kind of thing too as well and what i decided uh, when i came up with the idea for pdvid and the video offering essentially is to give people that point of diversity beyond youtube is i wasn't really uh, satisfied or happy with the way that a lot of companies were kind of in that gray area or conducting their business with the revenue models that involved the reselling of user data or the collection and, and reselling of user data. Mm -hmm. So what right. I decided at that point in time, I mean, it's still this way, is PDVid would, would stay, uh, start and stay ideally, <laughs> no end in sight, obviously, uh, but to be privacy focused. And that is our revenue streams would not be based on, uh, you know, using and or reselling user activity or user information or, you know, identifiable information like IP address or private 
uh, related info. And so we've taken that stance to number one, have the algorithms based on things that we've determined in relation to kind of more of a traditional approach of keywords and things like that, and not, mm -hmm. based, not based on user activity, um, and then not make the end user kind of like the product, so to speak, and not have any of that involved in our search engine. And that tends to be a hot topic right now with people being a little bit uneasy about their data being uh, inappropriately shared with Absolutely. other vendors and you know, lots of yeah. things like that. The right to be forgotten, yeah. privacy. Uh, GDPR, all those things are aspects now that are highly in the news. Right. Um, now, now, based off that, so if you look at it from that standpoint with Google, Google's showing you what they have. So when you go to YouTube, there's a possibility that they're showing you things and, you know, based off of, you know, their vast collection of data. But there's also sources, like you said, there's other sources besides YouTube. So essentially, Google is giving you what Google wants to give you. And you might not have the ability to actually look outside of that lens. So with the sources that you're collecting, does, does, the, does the user get to select the source? Could they say, hey, I don't want to see anything from VK. I only want to see things from these sources. Did they have that functionality to go down or even that granular to really focus exactly what they want to you know, focus their searches on? We don't have anything like that yet. Um, we're, we're contemplating putting something in there in relation to, um, so where you can say like plus this kind of source minus this kind of source, which is an advanced mm -hmm. functionality that some search engines have. Um, we haven't had a lot of user demand for it yet, um, but it's something that's certainly worth thinking about doing. As it is right now, uh, we kind of have the standpoint that if user wants something, they should be able to find it no matter where it is. Uh, but as far as filtering down, uh, it's possibly in the works. We haven't ruled it out, but I can definitely see um, you know, the need for something like that. It's just that we haven't seen any user feedback in relation to them wanting that. We're being careful about um, past projects I've been in. I've been very speculative, like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we make this? And I'll go ahead and throw that mm -hmm. in and people might want that. I'm kind of taking the opposite approach now mm. with this project being very specific in user feedback and doing mostly what the user wants as opposed to what I think that they might want. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, we all know how Google makes money. Um, what does your revenue model look like and how do you protect your uh, the privacy of your particular users as they go into these systems as privacy is actually getting more and more and more bold these days? Yeah, so there's a couple things in mind. So the site doesn't use any uh, tracking cookies or invasive tracking cookies as they're known to be um, in that uh, we don't have any login. There's no cookies involved with like your user activity and saving uh, your search history or your IP address. Um, so, and the other thing too as well, we don't use that information for search algorithm related results either, which means if I do a search on something XYZ and then someone completely across the world uh, does the exact same search at the same time, we get the same results, which means the mm -hmm. algorithm is, is static. Now that can be a good thing or a bad thing. Some people appreciate that. And that's in relation to privacy too, because we're not saving user activity to be able to determine different results for different people. Um, so that's one thing in relation to the privacy aspect. Um, we're also very sensitive toward like what kind of vendors we're using for advertisements. We've chosen not to use Google AdSense, for example, mm -hmm. because they do leave privacy invasive cookies um, mm -hmm. in some cases, uh, even third party um, on, the, on the site. And if our mission is to provide that level of privacy for the end user, we can't engage in using components that might do that and just say, well, that's just them kind of thing. So we have to be careful mm -hmm. about that. Um, now that's on the privacy angle. The other thing that we do too is um, when you actually go to a resource or another site or something like that, we do put in uh, meta tags 
that uh, say, you know what, don't uh, send referral information over to the site, that kind of thing. Uh, sometimes when you're on a website and you go from one site to another, the next site that you go to knows where you came from. It knows, you know, who's sending you over and that kind of thing. We've actually taken the time to make sure we've included meta tags on our site so that when you leave the site to go to external resources, um, that referral information is not sent over. And I think trying to, you know, gotcha. protect the user's so, privacy that way too. So mm -hmm. um, now that, you, that's you asked, interesting. Yeah, that, that's very interesting. So it's like, not only are you protecting the users with the searches that you've had. So, you know, I don't want people knowing about my deep sea phishing searches that I'm looking all over the place, but even clicking on them, I don't want them to know that I'm being referred from the site and having any IP address or any type of metadata follow me towards that direction. So that's, yeah, that's ideally, yeah. interesting. Yeah, the best, of, the best that we can. And it, believe it, you know, there's a lot of different reasons for someone wanting to be anonymous. We're not implying that people that are doing bad things only do that. You know, there's there's just a lot of sure. different reasons. We're just kind of satisfying that. Um, and then the other question you had was involved with uh, revenue streams. So mm -hmm. because we didn't engage necessarily in AdSense, which would have been great because that's the highest paying, most popular ad platform that's out there, um, we had to get creative with the way that we would, you know, kind of make money for the, the business and site so that we could, you know, run things essentially. And so what we decided to do was engage in a traditional form of um, commission-based uh, revenue streams through Amazon and eBay, which means if you type in, say you're looking for an old Atari video game system or something like that, mm -hmm. uh, videos on that, you might get a little link that says, not even a banner, but just a little text link that says, hey, you know, if you wanna go and check this out on Amazon, you buy that there, we get a small percentage of, of affiliate revenue from you buying something on Amazon or eBay. eBay. We don't send your IP address over to them or anything like that at all. It's just a trigger based on the keyword that you've searched on and that's it. So those are a couple of uh, basic things. We also have uh, merchandise, excuse me, that uh, goes with the website if you wanna support the website that way and you can donate mm -hmm. uh, money or cryptocurrency, uh, that kind of thing. And then we give you a t-shirt, a sticker, um, that kind of thing of a P, yeah, cool. the cat, the mascot kind of thing. And then we have actually have a YouTube channel where we um, review other websites and other products and things like that. Um, and we're almost at that point where the, the channel can be monetized. So we're just ba basically being really creative with um, you know, the different forms of revenue streams. And we also have a Patreon that we just launched too. So if somebody wants to just give us a couple of bucks a month and get exclusive content um, mm -hmm. and things and some perks and things like that, we offer Patreon too as well. So there's okay. you know, quite a few different options there um, that are some more modern, some more traditional, but you know, that kind of thing. Understood. So yeah. I know we're coming down to the wire here, but I wanted to ask uh, this question because I see this as now of uh, this is kind of something of our times right now. So we're seeing privacy come out as very, very important, you know, especially when you're in the EU and we're seeing all those laws and all those, you know, privacy as a human right coming now towards the states, which I'm very excited about. But with today's current political climate, um, you know, whether or not, you know, you, you know your, your directions go or, or sway either way. We're seeing a lot of people concerned about their searches. We're seeing a lot of things that are coming in here that you want more privacy. Are you seeing anything with going on either politically right now um, with uh, with COVID coming out there? Is this drawing more towards your site? You know, is this, is this are these type of turbulent times really helping you guys out there at PDVid saying, hey, people are really concerned about this. This is a big deal. And there's some things that are going on that are making them uneasy and or you're seeing a lot of compliance now being driven 
from either the EU or GDPR that's kind of getting their hooks into America or any of the California Consumer Privacy Acts that's coming out there? Like, is this fueling the need for PDVID right now? Uh, it, as far as the increase in traffic, we've definitely seen that. And it's definitely escalated quite a bit in the last month alone. I mean, you know, our, our initial goal was rather small, you know, to begin with. Um, and it 